the More Cowbell Show. Brought to you by SEC Country. And now, your host of the More Cowbell Show, Brandon Walker. That's me, Brandon Walker, More Cowbell, the Mississippi State podcast here on SEC Country. I actually, I think I might have hurt my hand just now. I grabbed it the wrong way. You got to watch your grip on the cowbell. It's it's a metal piece of equipment, and I think I gripped it too hard, and therefore I've hurt myself. But I'm okay. More Cowbell, the Mississippi State podcast here on SEC Country, at least for another week. Hey, go to Facebook.com slash The More Cowbell Show and like that page, please. So when I launch this new show and I launch these videos and these podcasts, you'll have the right place, the right uh, launching off point to see everything that we do. Now, on today's show, we're going to talk to Brian Haydad of Bulldog Sports Radio, a good friend of mine, a good friend of yours. We're just going to talk about this baseball team because right now everybody's talking baseball. Everybody's discussing uh, this incredible team, this incredible run. One win away from playing for a national title. You do have a very tough opponent coming up, but you're in the College World Series. Why wouldn't it be a tough opponent? I'll talk to Brian Haydad of Bulldog Sports Radio about this baseball team. I'll have a show update in the middle of the show. And then at the end of the show, got two of these left, one next week, one today. A shot of Jack. Jack Crystal, the best to ever do it. The best to ever sit behind a microphone. We will. Uh, did I say something that I shouldn't have said because you guys are laughing hysterically? Okay, we're good. You know, i got to watch my tongue because you never know uh, what I might say. So, Mississippi State, uh, the Mississippi State podcast here on SEC Country. Jack Crystal coming up at the end of the show. We'll do that. We'll have fun with that as we always do. Now, i got to be serious for just a second, so please, guys, uh, don't, don't look at me and don't laugh. Um, I have asked you guys in the past to uh, to help fundraise for people. Uh, Cesar, who got hurt here, who was uh, one of our valued members of our team, and certainly the the thing I've been doing with my show. But this is a little bit more serious than that. Um, the Moore family. Uh, Stephanie Moore, a Mississippi State fan, a longtime Mississippi State fan, passed away after an eight-year battle with, uh, with breast cancer recently. She has three children. You can see them all there. Beautiful family, unbelievable-looking family. Um, Stephanie Moore has passed away. Uh, there is a fund going for to help this Mississippi State fan, to help Stephanie Moore's family, to help these kids. Um, they're they're looking for you know money for the funeral. They're looking for money past that for for the kids and for everybody else. So I would like to use this time and I would like to use this platform to tell you about this GoFundMe. I will link it right here in the Facebook comments. Um, I will I will tell you about it. Somebody please pin this after I put it up there. Um, it's it's definitely something that you guys need to consider. I'm going to donate to it. We need to help this family out, this Moore family. She uh, battled breast cancer for eight years. Uh, she fought like a bulldog, fought like a champion, and now we are going to respond as champions for her. And, yeah, please consider supporting that, consider donating to that, and consider helping out this uh, this incredible bulldog family. Now, if you'll go ahead and get Mr. Haydad on the phone, you're just sitting there looking ridiculous uh, while I'm trying to, get a, uh, trying to get a show going here. Well, I'll tell you what. I tell you what, they they shut the doors to SEC country, and then all of a sudden the quality just goes to whatever it wants to go to. I spent the week in uh, West Point and Starkville. I had a good time. I was at the Brandon Walker Smoking Lounge yesterday. I was there. I was having fun. We we uh, might do a lot of shows there. We're gonna do shows all over the state of Mississippi. In my pricing package, you know, I've got uh, I've got stuff. If you want me to come to Kosciuszko and do a show at your restaurant, I'll come do it. If you want me to come to Mantachi, if you want me to come down to Brookhaven, I'll go anywhere in the state or in the state of Mississippi. My goal is by the end of the summer that I am living back in Starkville, Mississippi. That's what I would like to be doing. I do have a job here in Atlanta that you know is going to require my attention, so we'll see what works out best for my family. But I'm going to be doing both, and I'm very, very excited about it. Now, 
I've got the thumbs up. That means I have got my guest on the show. Today we're going to talk about Mississippi State baseball, this incredible team, this incredible run, this incredible event that is happening state away, one game away from playing for another national title. I welcome my guest. He's my good friend. He's your good friend. He is the uh, godfather of Bulldog Sports Radio, Mr. Brian Haydad. Brian, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brandon. Sorry I missed your call earlier. I was too busy downing recruits and talking about their home life on, on Twitter and message boards. You know, every time I think we have reached rock bottom and we have reached uh, reached the point of ridiculousness of making fun of other people out there that might cover other schools, it just gets lower and lower, doesn't it? You know, before you, even, before you even answer that, I, I know what you just said, but do you realize on the other side of the aisle from us, on the other side of the uh, the SEC spectrum in the state of Mississippi, there are fans of that school saying Mississippi State baseball is lucky and they've had an easy road. They got their asses beat by Tennessee Tech and we had an easy road. Speak on that for a second. We had an easy road. What's easy about I don't about think you can say that word on your show. I don't, I'm out of here in a week anyway, Brian. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm are, sorry. Are you drinking at the table? Is it what, what's in the cup today? I the, mean, ca- the cowbell is full of whiskey. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's get to let's get to Mississippi State baseball. Let's get to this incredible run. Uh, you obviously cover. You have a show, the BNB show. You talk about it every single day. I want to ask you one question off the top. We play Oregon State tomorrow, and there were a lot of fans, you know, gnashing teeth about Oregon State, North Carolina last night, wanting to play North Carolina. Understandably, even though they are the number six national seed, it's like it's not like they were easy. But are are you are you are you like me? Are you past the point of being nervous about who we play, or are you still kind of worried about playing Oregon State? Yeah, I don't worry about it uh, at this point. Um, and this team is uh, eleven and one against uh, against top uh, five teams or whatever it is. It, it's some ridiculous number. And I mean, at this point, yeah, why, why am I concerned? Mississippi State has met every challenge for the past month. Uh, they swept Arkansas. They swept Florida. They beat Florida State. They took two of three from Vanderbilt. They beat North Carolina. Why am I? You know, I feel like Alfred E. Newman. You know what? Me worry? I'm not worried at this point. No, I'm not either. And, and I've gotten to the point where, to me, it doesn't matter who's in the other dugout. The way State is playing, the way they, uh, the way they've got it going, the way they've just, you know, it doesn't really matter who's over there. I mean, they, they either. It's either the pitching staff one day. I mean, they've given up two runs in 18 innings in the College World Series, or it's the lineup, or it's the heroics. Mississippi State's just on a run where it doesn't feel like it matters. Now, that being said, Oregon State will be the best team State's played in this postseason run. They'll be the best team they played since Florida when Mississippi State swept Florida. So this this is a good team, Brian. Yeah. They're a good baseball team. I thought coming into this uh, into the College World Series, they were probably the team to beat. I liked them a little bit better than Florida. Just because ever since Mississippi State beat Florida, Florida hasn't looked like Florida. They haven't looked like that dominant team that we saw most of the college baseball season. Uh, but that said, you know the way the pitching has gone for Oregon State, they, they've they've run through their ace. They they pitched him twice. We're not going to see him on on Friday. I just don't see, you know, that they're going to be pitching weak at this point. That's what happens when you go to the losers bracket. You end up having to throw more pitching than you want to. As opposed to Mississippi State who's pitched, you know, who's been able to manage their pitching staff. And basically everybody is available tomorrow uh, except for maybe Connor Pilkington. So that, that, and that would be it. You mentioned pitching, and that's that's a point of some discussion. Uh, that is, you know, fans are talking about, and we already know who the starter is going to be. It's going to be Jacob Billingsley. 
Uh, there were some fans that, that would say, you know, start Ethan Small, start with your best in, in game one. There were some fans that say start Jacob Billingsley in game one, see if you can save Small. I personally was on the fence. I was on the side of the fence of starting Small and throwing your uh, shooting your best bullet uh, immediately. What what are you thinking? Which side of the fence were you on? I was on the other side, and, and to let Jacob Billingsley pitch, you got to manage this in a way that gives you the best opportunity not to win the game on Friday, but to win the national championship. And to do that, your your best course of action is to let Billingsley pitch and try to win that game. If you win that game, then you can go small in Pilkington, games one and two of the national championship series. And that's exactly what Mississippi State has tried to do, and, and we'll see if it pays off. I get the logic behind starting small. But for me, if I, when Small's on the mound again, it either, either needs to be game one of the National Championship Series or an elimination game. Uh, that's when you need to pitch him next. I think you can trust Billingsley. He's been a good postseason pitcher for you the last two seasons. Uh, his pitching style will fit well with TD Ameritrade Park. And the ball bats are hot right now. So, you know, it's more about I feel confident in the state's ability to score runs, and I don't really worry about who the pitcher is. But like I said, Billingsley, his last few postseason starts, he's been very solid. So I'm not that worried about this decision. But I think you had to go with Billingsley and let Small have the opportunity to lead you off uh, on Monday night if you, if you can get there. Yeah. What happened in 2013, he didn't manage it correctly, and Kim O'Graveman ended up not being able to go to the Hill in the National Championship Series. I mean, I, I get exactly where you're coming from, and I see the logic in it. I, I guess what I was thinking is if Ethan Small pitches tomorrow and you get to the National Championship game or the series, and there ends up being a game three. He could come back next Wednesday. He could come back. He could come back. Yeah. But 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 again, uh, if you're being aggressive and trying to win the national championship, then you do what you did. So I, I actually see both right. the logic in both. There's really not a bad as situation I, here. Uh, it, it's definitely. Right. Uh, you you just keep talking. Should I should I do? Would you like me to sit down and, and just let you have the mic? I'm taking over. I'm taking over. I have a question. So you have yeah. you're, you're close to this team. All right, you've been watching this team all year. You've been watching it. Well, you go to every baseball game pretty much every year. There are so many differences in this team on June 20th than there were in February and in March. To you, what is the very biggest difference in this team from early in the season to right now? Hitting. What's what's going on at the plate? So the freshmen in the lineup, have have, they're not really freshmen anymore. They've come a long way, and the other hitters have have snapped out of whatever funk they were in. Matt and me wasn't hitting well early in the season. Um, and, and and that's turned around, but the freshmen are a huge deal, obviously. I mean, you go back to when State w- went into conference play, they were hitting around 250. And I was just thinking, gosh, you know, this 250 before they played an SEC game, they're going to end up hitting around 230. They're gonna, this is going to barrel bottom out. And instead, you know, as the season progressed, they just got better and better at the plate. You've got a one through five lineup that's very, very dangerous. It's difficult to get through all five of those guys unscathed. You're going to give up a few hits and maybe a run. And then so far in the College World Series, you've seen the bottom of the lineup pick it up. Luke Alexander, who is a uh, very good college baseball player and not an assistant football coach in Jackson doing nothing. Uh, and then you've got uh, Jordan Westbrook showing up on, on uh, Monday. When the bottom of the lineup gives you production and with this with the top five that you have, you're getting pretty close to, you know, I don't want to use the word unbeatable, but that's that's going to be tough for any pitching staff to go through. I detected some shade there. Was there some shade thrown at some point in that in that conversation? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There might have been. Listen, Perhaps. Listen, uh, I'm already out of a job. I don't have a job after next week. But do you think uh, I would be fired with the fact that tomorrow – 
Mississippi State plays the Beavers, and I was going to make a lot of Andy Cannizzaro jokes. Do you think eventually I would have gotten fired for what's about to happen tomorrow? So, let's, assuming SEC country, you know, everything was still ship shape over there. Sure. And you, nothing was going on. And then you decided to just decided just to go in with Beaver jokes. Right. Yes. yes. You, you, I don't know if you would have gotten fired, but you would have gotten a stern talking. I would have gotten a talking to. Let me ask you a couple more questions, then, so. we'll, then we'll get to your own two-minute drill today. It's going to be very quick. Uh, I don't like I'm to talk excited. I don't like to talk about the coaching search that much because we're playing for a national title. Yeah. Who cares about the coaching search right now? But is this right. the, is this the most interesting coaching search in in the history of the school? I can't remember ever ever playing for a national title while also looking for a coach. In fact, I don't rem- I don't know any teams that ever have. But is this the most interesting coaching yeah, search you've ever seen? You hit on it right there. This, this is this is something that's really unique in the history of sports. How many coaches went? I mean. I'm sure there have been some where you know they you knew they were going to retire, and, and and their final their final trip was in the postseason at some point. Um, but I mean, didn't I think Tom Osborne did he retire right after a national championship? I don't remember. Steve Fisher, Steve Fisher that, at Michigan was named the interim before the NCAA tournament in 1989. He won the NCAA tournament. And they tournament. won the national yeah. title, right? And at, at, at that point, I don't know that. Because, you know, like you said, it was right before the tournament. Right. And this has been going on since February. And the narrative has changed so much. It's gone from going to get high-level elite coach to, and I, you know, I don't know if it's going to be the case, but I think Gary Anderson has a great chance to get this job. And that's something you would have never thought no. in early March. So it, it's definitely been something to, uh, to behold. I, I, I'm not really sure which way it's going to go. And I'm, I don't know who – I have no idea who the next coach is going to be. I, have, I, I keep hearing names, but – I really don't know. Nobody and, knows. And that's something interesting. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. One guy knows. John Cohen? Cohen knows. I, I hope he, he I has an idea, knows. probably. Last baseball yeah. question. Last baseball question. Not really a baseball question. More of a Mississippi State question. State is one win away from playing for a national title. They played for a national title in baseball in 2013 and women's basketball the last mm-hmm. two years. Did you ever, did you ever yeah. think – do you ever just stop and, and think Mississippi State is, it is becoming almost normal – to play for a national title. Is this ridiculous? What kind of world are we living in right now? Yeah, and, and you mean the football team was number one in the nation Yeah, uh, going into week 10 of a football season uh, three years ago. Men's basketball has been the only sport that hasn't made some sort of push for a, a championship in the last five years. And they're coming. Um, I, I think they are. So, yeah, it's, it's been it's been something to, to watch. I mean, and, you know, I know they – State doesn't tend to do very well in the what they like the Sears Trophy. I forget what it's called exactly, but where they they rank all of the athletic programs. But I think most of that is because they don't have a lot of minor sports. Many, they yeah. don't have the, the, the same sports, right? They don't have as many minor sports as the other schools do. But by and large, MSU's athletic program for a, a a program that doesn't have a ton of money, I think it's the, the I know it's at least the second lowest athletic budget in the SEC. But they get a ton of bang for their buck, man. They they they, they almost every team has been in some sort of postseason play this year. Uh, a ton of bang for their buck. In fact, that's what got Andy Cannizzaro fired. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think he was saying. All right. Let, let's get to your two-minute drill. Uh, it's a two-minute drill for you only. We're going to go very quickly. It's the two-minute drill sure. food, food edition for Brian Haydan. Um, number one, if time is not an issue and the grill is yeah. fired up, what is the number one food you hope to see come off the grill? Uh, uh, ribs. Ribs. I had ribs for lunch. Mm-hmm. Why? Why ribs? I love ribs? You love ribs. I love ribs. Not a good ribs are br- delicious. Not a good brisket. 
I love brisket. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a Texas barbecue kind of guy. Brisket ribs, sausage. That's, that's what I want on my plate. Number two, what's the best food to add chili to? The best food to add chili to yes. uh, is, a, is a cheeseburger. A chili, a cheeseburger. chili cheeseburger. That's that's what you're going for. A chili yeah. cheese. I, I yeah. think I think French fries or tater tots. Chili cheese fries. Uh oh. Spaghetti is the is the answer. A hot dog. Spaghetti. What happened? Spaghetti. Hot you, don't, dog. you don't put I don't chili. Hot dog. Hard times chili. Yes. All right. You guys sit you down. You know what hot dogs are made of? <laughs> Lips. <laughs> Number three. What's the best song with a what, What's the best song with a food in the title? The best song with a food oh, in the title. The, be- the best song. Dixie Chicken. Dixie Chicken. I would have accepted American Pie or... Cheeseburger. Mm. Cheeseburger or Cherry Pie or Sex and Candy yeah. or Green Onions. Yeah. But you're going with uh, the first one that you came up with, which was Dixie Chicken. Chicken is That's delicious. That's the absolute first one to pop into my head. Absolutely. Number four, aside from New Orleans, Louisiana, what's the best food city in America? It's, it's close between Las Vegas and Austin, Texas. Really? Is Las Vegas not like the Walmart of food cities? No, man. Every every celebrity in the world has a – every celebrity chef in the world has a, has a restaurant in Las Vegas. You can eat like, – I mean, you're going to spend a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to be expensive, but you can eat like a king. Number five, last question for you. You've got uh, one lunch in Starkville to save your life. You can go to one place in Starkville – What's the if 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 I gave you a choice everywhere in Star One you got to go here where are you going? Mm-hmm. What I would sh- go to the camp house. The camp house, and you would make your own mac and cheese. I would make I would get the B and B mac and cheese. Why did we not go there when I was in Starkville? I don't know. We were supposed to meet up, and you know, you're too good for me. You got you got too much going on. So you know what? That is accurate. I am too good for you. Thank you for being on my show. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll be in touch. I'll be in Starville a lot more in the next couple of weeks because <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. So, anyway, that's All Brian right, Haydad. Okay. Brian, thanks for being on the show. Yes. Well, what a way to go off. Yes. All right. That is Brian Haydad. That was Bulldog Sports Radio. That is baseball. We're going to skip the show update. Usually I have a show update right here. I don't have a two-minute drill today. I don't know why that's on the screen. Oh, we just did one. We just did one. We did the food two-minute drill. Uh, I think American Pie would be the best song with a food in the title. But uh, let's get right to it. Jack Crystal, the greatest to ever do this, the greatest to ever call a football game at Mississippi State or in anywhere, at, at, at Tennessee, at Florida, at Georgia, the best ever to do it in this country as far as college football play-by-play announcers. Excuse me very much. Jack Crystal, 55 years, did this for Mississippi State football. He is gone now, but we like to pay tribute to him. He is the greatest of all time. So every now and then we like to have a shot of Jack on our show. We play a couple of clips, but today we're going deep in the vault to some that you've not seen before, that you've not heard on this show. We've, we, we're going further back, not just the Egg Bowl 99, not just 99 Auburn, but some some real classics here that you haven't heard on this show. Five clips. I should shut up and we should get to them. Let's go with clip number one. So Levin has teed up the ball. He's about ready to get this football game underway from Williams-Brice Stadium and does uh, indeed come forward on the ball and kick it right down the uh, left hash mark. Now drifting to the left, Prentice has it at the 10, up the left side to the 20, to the 25, breaks to the 40, cuts back in, eludes a tackler down the sidelines, goes to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, no flags down, touchdown Mississippi State. Boy, made a great move with a couple of defenders that looked like they had the angle. You could see the uh, alley open. They really had opened up the lane on the near side of the field. 
1998, Kevin Prentice, the great Kevin Prentice, I believe from Vicksburg, Mississippi, starts off the South Carolina game with a, uh, I believe, a 95-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. I was looking for Kevin Prentice in the uh, Tennessee game, the SEC championship game in 1998. Couldn't find it. I could find the Keith Jackson version, but not the Jack Crystal version. But there you go. 1998, Kevin Prentice starts off. Now, we're going to go even further back today. And we're, we're all going to have one Egg Bowl clip. In 1991, the Egg Bowl returned to Starkville, returned to campus for the first time. It was Jackie Sherrill's first Egg Bowl. We know how much he put into that. Mississippi State wins that day, and they did it with Jack Crystal calling a touchdown like this. The Bulldogs are in a two-tight end formation. Robinson checking the 6-5, comes on the bootleg action, has running room toward the goal line, and the corner scores! Sleepy Robinson on the bootleg action, runs over Chauncey Godwin, and scores! Rapid in maroon and white. Bulldogs 24. I don't know who Chauncey Godwin was, but I can see him getting run over by Sleepy Robinson right now. Sleepy Robinson, 1991, Mississippi State. Jack Crystal calls it 24-9. Mississippi State beats Ole Miss that day. Incredible call by Jack Crystal. Like I said, these are not ones that you've heard recently. These are some that you have not heard in a long, long time. And now we're going to get in the real good stuff. We're going to get back. You know, I'm – 39 years old in 1985 i was six years old i wasn't listening to jack crystal every saturday uh, it was on and i knew it was on but i don't know if i knew what it was and i didn't react to it the way i did when i would get passionate and stupid later on but in 1985 mississippi state playing memphis Artie cosby was the uh, the the field goal kicker and he lined up to kick a 54 yard field goal to beat memphis in 1985 tied at 28 we're waiting the snap back it's good. The ball is down. The kick is up. It's long enough. It is high enough. It is good. Good. A 54-yard field goal. It is good. A 54-yard field goal. No time on the clock. Mississippi State has won the ball game 31-28. Well, he got all of it, too. I swear to God. Uh, okay. Mm. All right. Jack Crystal, I, I wish I wish he was around in my Little League days and he could call all my heroics from Little League Baseball and everything. But 1985, again, I don't remember that happening. But Jack Crystal, there's something about, you know, later Jack Crystal was great. It was great. But there's something about the energy in, in his voice before, like, 19, the late 80s or something. The early 80s, Jack Crystal, he just had more energy. He just had such a – I mean, the microphone, like, like, pulsed with his voice. It was incredible. We're going to go even further back. 1981, we're going to go back to John Bond. We're going to go back to Auburn, Mississippi State and Auburn late in the game. State's driving. I think they can uh, – I don't know if they can win it with a field goal or tie it with a field goal, but they don't go for a field goal. They instead do this. Well, will the Bulldogs try to put it deep in the end zone? Will they stay on the ground? They're trailing 17-14. to 14. They're in field goal range right now. John Bond wants to throw and looks to the end zone and throws. Touchdown, Mississippi State! Touchdown, Danny Knight. John Bond drilled it in with exactly a minute to go. Mississippi State hits two big plays. Danny Knight. You know what I love about Jack Crystal, and I love this when I listen back. I love when he made a big call on road games because in home games he makes the call and you hear the crowd and they go loud. But when he does it in a road game just like that, when John Bond found Danny Knight in the end zone for a touchdown to beat Auburn in 1981, Jack Crystal's voice goes all the way up to 11, and there's complete silence in the stadium. So you hear everybody behind him clapping. You hear everybody reacting. But Jack Crystal, when those moments were big, he was bigger than anybody in the history of this game. Let's go ahead and finish this out. Number five, last clip of the day. 
one time in Mississippi State's history, excuse me, one time in the history of the state of Mississippi has a Mississippi team played for the SEC West Championship or the SEC Championship after winning the SEC West. And to win the SEC West, Mississippi State trailing 21-15 against Arkansas, drives down the field, Wayne Mackin connects on a 4th and 15, setting up Brian Hazelwood with this. Who's going to win, Arkansas Mississippi State? Pass back is good. Kick is away. Bulldogs on top, 22 to 21. Mississippi State, 22. Arkansas, 21. Hazelwood kicks it through the uprights. Great blocking on the play. The crowd is already heading onto the field well, they to tear down the goalpost, but there's seven seconds left in the game. Jack, uh, Jack Crystal. 1998, Mississippi State wins the West just like that. They win the West, and uh, they end up going to Ole Miss next week and winning 28-6 to to finish it off. But that was the big blow for Mississippi State to win the West, and it was expertly called by Jack Crystal, the greatest to ever do it. That's our shot of Jack for today. I've saved the big ones for next week. Last, last show next week, we will close this enterprise. We'll close the SEC Country podcast forever with Jack Crystal calling Mississippi State's greatest wins or greatest moments in the Egg Bowl. Now, I'll go ahead and drop the podcast off here. You guys, please come back. You guys stay with me. You guys uh, talk to me on – what's that? What about – oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. So, Landshark and I – Landshark will be on uh, SEC Country Live today at 2 o'clock Central Time. I will be with her. We'll be hosting it. Um, her, myself, and Mike Johnson, the Alabama All-American. I will destroy him in debate like I always do this afternoon. We'll be on SEC Country Live. So check that out on the SEC Country's main Facebook page. Now, let me drop the podcast off here, and we'll uh, get back to Facebook Live. My name is Brandon Walker. You've been listening to More Cowbell, the Mississippi State podcast presented by SEC Country. 